Welcome to the Crosswalk Church Podcast in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, I think one of the reasons why I am so excited about this is that people in our world today are looking for what the book of Galatians has to offer. A lot of us feel stuck and trapped and imprisoned in tough situations. Maybe we wish that we could just be free from the daily grind that we face. Maybe we wish we could be free from relationships that are hurting us day after day, and we just, man, I don't know if I can take any more of this pain, and we want to just be free from that. Maybe we wish that we could be uh, financially free, not have to be continuously digging out of debt and always worried about where the money to pay the next bill is going to come from. Man, that gets old after a while, doesn't it? Maybe we wish that we could break a habit or an addiction that we've been facing and that we've been fighting and that we've just been wishing so hard could go away. We're wishing in some way that if we could just find the pathway to freedom, that could be the answer to a total transformation in our life because those two go together, don't they? I mean, when we want things to change, we have to first understand how can we get untied, unbound? How can we get... Uh, free and unimprisoned from the stuff that just keeps driving us forward to be imprisoned in all those ways that we just talked about. And that's what this book of Galatians is going to reveal to us. Now, here's the thing. In our world today, there are so many mixed messages. Mixed messages about how to step into a transformed life. Mixed messages about how to find real freedom in our lives. Mixed messages about what Jesus is all about, what Christianity is all about. This faith that we come to hear about every Sunday, there are mixed messages. And that's not unusual. I love, I love how even in our everyday life, sometimes we can, we can see mixed messages. Take a look at some signs that I found. This is a great website. Take a look at this first sign. So, which is it? Are those genuine or fake watches? Go, go ahead, Audrey, show us the next one. Now, this one takes a while. Study it for a minute. So smoking, is it good for you or is it not good for you? I'm not sure. Which way do I go here? Audrey? Okay, what am I here to buy? Man, I, I'm just not sure. Do, do I need a snorkel to be able to fire straight? I, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay, Audrey. This one I love. Right, now those two go together. Oh yeah, I can see the connection there. There's no contradiction at all, right? All right, last one. W- which way do I go? I'm not sure. Mixed messages, right? And, and they're really all around us, but, but they're also in the church. And quite honestly, today, that in chapter 1 of the book of Galatians was exactly what the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, was fighting in a region of Asia Minor called Galatia. It was called Galatia because many, many years before Paul came there, People came from far across Europe, the Gauls. Anybody know who the Gauls are, what they're called today? They're called the French. 
Okay? So these, these people from the area that in modern day we call France, ancient times were called Gauls, immigrated into this area of Asia Minor called Turkey today and settled in and spread out and that became a region called Galatia. Now, Paul visits that area on his first missionary journey. This guy is amazing. Can you imagine? He has such a heart for Jesus Christ. Christ has so filled his heart that he is literally day by day tramping from town to town to town to say, guys, you got to hear about Jesus Christ. And he was preaching to Jews and telling them, look, guys, the Messiah has come. There's no question. He's fulfilled all the prophecies. Believe this. The Savior has arrived. And then he would go to the Greeks and the Romans and what were then termed Gentiles as a general group, anyone who is not a Jew, and say to them, look, all these gods that you're worshiping, cut it out, stop, because I got to tell you the message about the true God and what he's done to save you and win forgiveness of sins for you. And then then Paul had this amazing struggle, which I think we can all relate to, of bringing groups of people that didn't traditionally mix together into one church and getting them to play nice together. And, of course, it wasn't Paul going to do that. He, He knew that the gospel had to do that, but he had to keep communicating the good news of Jesus Christ until that happened. Now, as Paul went around, a group of Christians who came from the Jewish side of that equation began to follow him. And they didn't appreciate all of the Apostle Paul's message. They didn't think that all of the Apostle's message was truly from God. And so as you read through this book, you're going to notice not only does Paul restate and reaffirm his message, but he also has to restate and reaffirm that he's the true apostle and that his message is from God, not from any man. And in here, he says to the Galatians, these guys that are following me around, and and they're called Judaizers, they're sending you a mixed message that is going to confuse you. Don't lose what I've given you because it is the true gospel. You see, the Judaizers were saying, Jesus is good enough as far as he goes. But if you really want to be saved, you have to take some steps yourself. You have to become a Jew. You have to be circumcised. Do we all know what that is? Ouch. Okay? You have to be circumcised so that you look like you're part of our tribe. Not that anybody's going to necessarily be checking, but your wife. You have to follow Jewish customs and rituals. You have to follow the way we do things. That's what the Judaizers were saying. And Paul said, that's all bull. And in fact, that mixed message is going to destroy you if you pay attention to the Judaizers. So with that introduction, let's go into Galatians chapter 1. And we're going to start at verse 3. In verses 1 and 2, Paul just introduces himself and tells us who he is. So here's what it says. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished 
that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Presently, some, uh, evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion, and we're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. For we have already said, for as we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Now that's strong language. You know what that means? That's a nice way of saying let him go to hell. Ouch. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. See, here's here's what Paul knew back in the day of the Galatians and something that we still know today. That as we step into God into faith in Jesus Christ, there are some key questions that all of us need to have answered in our lives. Questions that sort of bleed through into everything about who we are, what we do, that are North Star questions when they're answered that guide our entire life. And then when we don't have the answer to those questions, we're not going to find freedom and we're not going to find transformation for our lives. And I want to tell you what I believe some of those key questions are. And I want you to notice in here that right out of the gate, the Apostle Paul says, look, let's get those questions answered right now. Before we go into the rest of the six chapters of this book, let's get these three questions answered. So pull out your crosswalk notes. Here's three messages we tend to believe in our world today. And we need to confront these messages because they're lies. They're part of this mixed message deal that Paul is fighting. First of all, how many of us at times in our lives have said, I just don't know who I am anymore? Man, my life is topsy-turvy. I've seen so many changes. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm coming from. I don't know who I am. Wow. How unsettling is that? And there's a similar one, too. I didn't write it down. But sometimes we'll say to someone that we love and that we've thought that we knew who they are, I don't know who you are either. And that can be just as unsettling if that's someone that is a major partner in your life. Okay? Number one, I don't know who I am. Number two, if you've been hurt, and many of us, if not most of us, maybe it's fair to say almost all of us at some point in our lives have been hurt by someone that we dearly love, right? And what does that do to your trust? Not just of that person, but of all people, when one person hurts you. Man, I talk about it all the time with people, and they tell me, I don't know if I can trust anymore. Not just that person, I don't know if I can trust anybody, right? And I don't know if there's any such thing as faithful love. I thought that person was faithful to me. I thought my dad, my mom, my husband, my wife, my kids would always be there for me. And now, (laughs) 
Now I see it for what it really is. Their love was like sand, and it's just going right through my hands. I don't know. Faithful love, you guys talk about that all the time in the church. Uh Uh-uh. Really? I don't know if there's any such thing. The third one is, when we get caught up in habits, we get caught up in addictions, when we get caught up in sin, sometimes we get the distinct impression that our sins, our addictions, our hurts, habits, and hang-ups own us. And by own us, I mean we're slaves to them. And we may try to run, and we may try to escape, and we may even look back over our shoulder and go, I finally did it, and then bam, out of the side, here it comes with the two-by-four, and you're back in that hurt habit and hang-up again, right? Right? We've been there. All of us have been there, I think. My sins own me. Now, who wants us to believe those things? Who wants you, who wants me to believe? I don't know who I am. There's no such thing as faithful love, and my sins own me. There's only one guy, very powerful guy, and his name is Satan, the devil, the old evil foe. He wants you to believe this stuff. Now, Paul, the apostle, And because we believe that Paul is writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we can easily say, although these are the words of Paul, they're the words of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God here. What does God tell us? Paul says, grace and peace to you. Circle those words. Grace and peace to you. From whom? God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Circle those words. God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Circle these words. To rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Circle those words again. God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see what Paul's doing here? Right out of the gate. He's saying, look, guys, before we get into this book of Galatians, we got to clear some things out of the way right now. No more double talk. No more confusing messages. Let's talk about three important questions. You do know who you are if you know Jesus Christ. You do know that there's such a thing as faithful love if you know God the Father. You do know that your sins no longer own you. Now, they may drag you around a little bit. They may bump, bruise, and scrape you, but they do not own you anymore. Now, what did I have you circle? What did I have you highlight? How does Paul say that we know this? I don't know who I am. Yes, you do, because God is called your father. You know exactly who you are. And frankly, sometimes we're just not satisfied with that. I need to have somebody else in my life. I need to have some stuff in my life. I need this, I need that to know who I am. In our last series, we talked about how how often our self-worth gets established by our net worth. Well, that's all baloney, Paul says. All you need to know is that you have all that you need in having a father who is God, and you are his child. That's who you are. Don't ever forget it, Paul says. You know that there's such a thing as faithful love. Even if you've been deeply hurt before, disappointed, disillusioned, you know that God's son, Jesus Christ, gave himself up for you to rescue you from your sins, 
to rescue you from this present evil age. And that's important too, right? Because in place of the present evil age, Paul says you have grace. You know what grace is? Grace is undeserved, unearned, completely free-flowing love that comes not because of what you did. It's not a response. It's proactive. It comes because of the lover, the one who does the loving, and it's steady, firm, and faithful. And the reason it brings peace is because I'm not shaky. I'm not always going around being jealous and confused and like, does this person really love me? I don't know. Like we are a lot of times in human relationships. Man, I think they love me. But do they really? And God says, be at peace. I love you. My love will never die or end. That's why we call it grace. And your sins don't own you because you've been rescued from this present evil age. I want you to look at this passage. Paul says it so clearly. No mixed messages. No wavering back and forth. He writes to the Corinthians. He says, For the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is the Lord's freed person. That's who you are. You're the Lord's freed person through faith in Jesus Christ. And similarly, the one who is free when called is Christ's slave. You know what Paul's saying there? Your sins don't own you because who does own you? Who owns you? Come on, say it. Who owns you? Jesus Christ. Let's all say it together. Jesus Christ owns me. Let's do it again. Jesus Christ owns me. That's the reality. You are loved. You are a possession of the Savior who gave his life to redeem you from your sins and give you eternal life as a free gift. You are his. And that's why you know who you are. You know you can experience a faithful love and you know that your sins no longer own you. No double messages, straight on truth. This is the way it is, God says. Turn your page over. Now, Paul goes on in the next verses to say, as straightforward as that message is, these guys, these Judaizers, and and in today's world, we have a lot of Judaizers wandering around who want to give us a different message from the pure good news, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ that says it's all by grace, all free to us. Lots of messages, right? Right? Let me give you an example. If you've ever been taught, if you've ever been led to believe that your relationship to God depends on the steps that you take, and it it can so easily happen, if you've been taught that, you've been taught a mixed message. You've been taught a Judaizing message. Now, by that, I'm not saying that after we're called to faith, after we become Christ followers through the power of the Holy Spirit, after the Holy Spirit begins to work in our life, that there are never steps. Of course, 
We can take the steps of wisdom that God outlines in his, in, in his book, the Bible. But those don't do a thing about our relationship with God because our relationship with God is established by what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's what keeps, that's what maintains, that's what begins. And that's important to hear. That's what begins and starts the relationship that you and I have with God, what Jesus did. It's all on him. Don't listen to mixed messages is what Paul is telling us because this gospel is so pure and so beautiful. God has done it all for you and it's his gift to you. So now let's go back and look at what Paul says there. I am astonished, he says in verse 6, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you. Because you're leaving the God who has called you, who's called you by the grace of Christ, and you're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Underline those words, would you? Once you add the law, once you begin to get legalistic, and you say there are steps, there are right ways to do it, that's no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But if even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. I was thinking and thinking, how can I explain this? Imagine that you have grown up under an oppressive regime in a, in a country that every day is busting down doors, hurting people, destroying the very soul of people in this country. And one day you say, I, I, I got to get out of here. I've got to escape. And in the very deepest, darkest night, midnight, you creep up to the edge of the forest that is facing the border fence, just on the edge of the clearing. And you say, I'm so out of here, I have to be free. But at that very moment, two messages are playing in your head. You've shared your desire for freedom with several very close people. You've been very careful because you don't want to be reported. You don't want to be arrested. You don't want your escape to be hindered in any way. And you've heard two messages. The one message is, we'll get word through. When you're standing there at midnight... Don't do a thing. Rescue is on the way. And if you try to do something, you're going to mess it all up. Just wait there. Keep the faith. Be patient. And you'll hear a helicopter come in. And they'll drop a few guys on a rope and they will pick you up and they will fly you out without you making one piece of effort. Please listen to us. And some of your other friends have said to you, dude, you listen to that baloney? You want out, you'd better make it happen. 
You want to cross that border? We, we know. There's a huge clearing. There's guard dogs. There's sentries. There's two tall fences with concertina razor wire on top of them. The guards have guns. And yes, on our side, in this oppressive regime, it's a literal minefield. You're going to have to step just right. But I'm telling you, if you don't do it by yourself, and if you just stand there waiting, you are going to look like the biggest fool ever. You work your way through the minefield. You get over that fence. You take the risks. Face the guards and the dogs and the gunfire. And if you take just the right steps, not too far to the right, not too far to the left, if you climb that fence, you will be free. See, that's what Paul's fighting here. And that's what we all fight every day. Those two mixed messages. Is it up to God? Or is it up to me? Do you know which message was the Apostle Paul's? Of the two that I just pictured for you? The first one. The one that said, keep the faith, just wait. In fact, Paul was saying, Christ has already rescued you. He's already delivered you. You are free. You just got to know it. It's a done deal. And now the Judaizers come in and say, don't pay attention to that guy. You have to walk your own way through the minefield and over the fence. And Paul says, guys, don't buy into that. That gospel that those guys are preaching to you, that's not a gospel. That's not good news. That's just more self-help baloney, Paul is saying. And it doesn't work with self-help. It never works with self-help because we're too weak and sinful. But Jesus Christ, your Savior, has done it all for you. Pull out your crosswalk notes. So still today, just like in Paul's day, we have two big problems we have to face. First of all, those who present a bogus gospel. And that bogus gospel is exactly what we've been talking about, that it's up to you. If you want to be saved, if you want freedom, you just got to take the right steps. But the ball's in your court. That's bogus. The second problem is us when we easily trade for a bogus gospel. Guys, I see this so often. People will come here to crosswalk for a little while. They'll hear the gospel. They'll get so excited about it. And then one day on staff, we're looking around and we're going, what? I haven't seen that person in a while. <laughs> what is going on? Why aren't they still coming? Why, why aren't they wanting to still hear this amazing message of freedom and good news in Jesus Christ? What is going on? And do you know that Jesus predicted that would happen? He had a little parable called the parable of the sower and the seed. And he said, look, this is what's going to happen when the sower goes out to sow. Some of it's going to fall on the path and it's going to be eaten by birds. Some of it's going to fall on rocky places and it'll grow up very quickly because that soil is warm, but then the sun is going to bake it hot and it's going to shrivel and die. Some's going to be sown among the weeds and it'll also sprout up and grow, but the weeds will eventually choke it out. He says only some of it is going to find its way into the good soil. And you know what that means for all of us? Jesus Christ loves you. And he's put the message out there again and again and again. 
And he wants to reach you. He wants to grab in and pull your heart and just go, let me own that heart. Let me own that mind. And when we trade that, that steady, faithful, undying love and forgiveness and grace for a bogus gospel, oh my goodness. If Jesus tells us that the angels sing when a person comes to faith in Jesus Christ, what do we think is happening to the angels when someone walks away from it? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But for those two problems, there is a solution. Take a look at the next passage. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Underline this word. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Same Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, hang in there with the good news of Jesus Christ. There is no other message. There is no better message. Because God has done it all for you. Underneath that, right, one solution. God gave us the real deal good news. And his name is Jesus. That's the genuine article. It's the real deal. There is no other. Don't trade that message away is what Paul is saying here. Let me read it again. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ, by that undeserved, unmerited love, and are turning to a different gospel. Man, guys, Jesus, he wants you to get this because he loves you that much. It's no gospel at all, really. Some people, there you have it, those who are trying to sell a bogus gospel, are trying to throw you into confusion. They're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. They're trying to send mixed messages to confuse you. Look at what Paul says next. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's an angel from heaven. Don't trade that message away. If we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Let him go to hell. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. That's how serious this is. Here's a guy, let me remind you, he's walked around on foot, He's been stoned for this message. He's been nearly killed, beaten, whipped, shipwrecked. You can read about it in 2 Corinthians 12 yourself. There's a whole list of what Paul went through because he himself was graced, forgiven, loved. And he knows, I didn't deserve that. The life I lived, I was a murderer. I was a murderer. I came after Christ followers. And Jesus Christ came after me, not in vengeance, not in hatred. Jesus Christ came after me in love and grace and forgiveness. Amazing. And he says, man, once I knew that, I knew I had to tell others about it. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching... There you have it again. Jesus himself saying, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And then look what he says. You want freedom? 
You want transformation? You want to know where it begins? Where it really starts? It doesn't start with you. It doesn't start with steps. It starts with me. True change, true freedom means, first of all, knowing me, having faith in me as your Savior, your Lord. Guys, this is so important for us to hear. And I'm telling you that even many times as Christians, we teach this bogus gospel. We get drilled down into the specifics and the particulars before we deal with the issue that's systemic. And do you know how wrong that is? I see it all the times in marriage counseling. I just heard a great talk earlier this week. This guy was talking about marriage, and I've even used some of this already this week. But he was saying, look, if, if we want to solve problems, we have to deal with systemic issues first, then we can deal with particulars. He said, many of you who are married, you think, if my husband would just look up from, my computer, from his computer once in a while, we'd have a much better relationship. Or you're thinking, if they would just stop playing with the kids and focus on me, right, it'd be better. I'm just asking for a little thing. And this guy said something I thought was so profound. He said, people who think that way, they're in the, they're in the trees. They're not seeing the forest. They're too drilled down into the particulars. You, you want to know what the systemic issue is? Now hear this, married couples, because I think it's beautiful. Do you still want your spouse to be your best friend? Just ask yourself that one simple question. Do you want your spouse to be your best friend? That's the systemic thing, because guess what? If the answer to that is yes, what are you going to do when you're sitting at your computer and your spouse talks to you? You're going to look at them, because that's what best friends do for each other, right? What are you going to do when you're playing with the kids and your spouse comes along? You're going to say, priorities given by God say, my children are important, but my spouse is my best friend. And that's what Paul is saying. Before we dive into this book of Galatians, we're going to talk about some particulars. But let's talk first about what's systemic. And what's systemic is the answer to this question. Do you know that God has graced you? And that salvation is completely and totally in his hands. And when you know that single truth, it's like knowing I want my spouse to be my best friend. It controls everything to be able to bathe in the grace and forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ. Then you will know the truth, Jesus says, and that truth will set you free. One message, write this down. And as we close out, I'm going to tell you that that one message of grace and forgiveness in Jesus Christ is the beginning of all transformation. In fact, three major ones. First of all, the gospel transform our standing with God. We're no longer enemies of God. We're no longer aliens separated from God. We're God's friends. We're God's children. That's a whole new standing with God. Secondly, the gospel gives what it demands. So when we hear in God's word, be holy, be righteous, do everything God says, follow all the Ten Commandments, all these demands from God, what does the gospel do? 
It gives all those things to you. It says, here, Jesus has some righteousness and some holiness and some goodness left over. It's yours. Take it. Come on. Let's all do it. Come on. Let's hug that righteousness. Come on. Do it with me right now, right? It's mine. It's mine. And I'm not letting go of God's grace and forgiveness and mercy and love. Jesus did it. To every one of us. The gospel gives us what it demands. And our life because of that, is given completely new purpose. Paul says, when I heard this gospel and I learned about Jesus' faithful, undying, unfailing love, I was compelled to live a whole new way. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We're convinced. Paul was convinced. I'm convinced. You're convinced. I know you are. That one died for all. Talk about systemic for all. That's a systemic solution right there. And therefore, all died. We've all suffered the punishment of death already in Christ. And he died for all to give us new purpose, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Audrey, I know I didn't warn you about this. Don't panic, girl. Can you get that fifth slide back up there, the one with the the arrows pointing the two directions? If you can do that, that would be great. If not, because I didn't warn you. These guys can picture it in their mind's eye. Beautiful. She's good. You want that? You want that confusion? You want mixed messages in your life? I don't. I don't think you do either. Paul didn't want it for the Galatians. The Holy Spirit doesn't want it for you. There is no other gospel than Jesus Christ, and what a gospel it is. Free and faithful love that forgives your sins and grants you, every one of you, through faith in Jesus, eternal life. Man, now that is something. Didn't I tell you this book of Galatians was going to be amazing? It's going to be amazing. You come back next week because next week, chapter two, if you want to pre-study chapter two, make sure this week that you review chapter one. If you know how to soap, I want you to soap chapter one next week. I'll tell everybody what soap is, but not unless you come back. Here's your next steps. Stay on track. You have received news that is good beyond belief. Jesus is your Savior. Don't let go of that news no matter what. Remember, Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you sent your son Jesus for us and that you give us this amazing good news that he has forgiven all of our sins, given us eternal life, given us the power to overcome Satan. Our sins, our, 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 our addictions, our habits no longer own us. Lord, 
Grant us to persevere in that good news, to not trade it in for anything else. Lord, help us to keep coming back and getting more and more of it. Help us to not be that seed that's, that's planted on the path and eaten by the birds. It's planted among the weeds or the stones. It quickly sprouts up and then dies again. Help us to hang in there and know, Jesus, we can't do that on our own, Lord. We need your supernatural Holy Spirit help for that. Lord, we lift all these things up to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at crosswalkphoenix.com. 